if you want a consulting, business, life, and YouTube masterclass in one, that's this episode. I just wrapped this episode with my dear friend, Drew Hitchcock, which I described as Merlin because he is one of the most incredible humans I've ever met. He has shown me how much better relationships can be and how much better I get to be in business. And he is literally the best YouTube guy that I know and behind some of the biggest channels that I know and you know. And he broke down in the entire episode how he runs his business, the business model, how he got to this level, leveraged the relationships by just being incredible, and then how to do YouTube how you can do it, why you should do it, how easy he makes it to the point where I took notes and I'm going to implement it today is all in this episode. It is jam-packed and he even took a private masterclass that I got to witness being taught in an hour that people paid six figures to achieve or to access and he's giving it to you for free. He doesn't want your email or anything. All of that's in today's episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. I am really, really excited, uh, like giddy excited. Uh, before I tell you about today's guest and let him speak to the point where I got on and I was like, so I just kind of want you to drive the whole thing and I want to listen. And he's like, hey, 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 we got to pick a lane. I'm like, no. And so my experience of this incredible man who I had the pleasure to meet at Vanessa's Mastermind uh, when we watched and witnessed that woman create magic in a room, uh, I couldn't think, I didn't think it could get any better. And then I met this man and I got to listen to this man and I got to watch this man operate in who he is as a human, what he knows. And the only name that comes to mind is Merlin. Every single time I hear his name, I get a text about him. And then every human I know knows this man. And I just get love bombed with pictures of him with people I know or like, hey, I just bumped into Drew and I just saw this and I just saw and I'm like, OK. And so I am in awe of today's guest. I have a very close place in my heart for him. He figured out how to fill my bucket instantly and he has been filling it since that moment. I feel indebted forever. And I feel like he is going to single-handedly reshape the relationship speed algorithms model because he's teaching me a lot. And so without further ado, welcome to the show, my friend, Drew Hitchcock. Hey, how's it going? Good. Glad to have you. So where do you want to, how do you want me to kick this off? You want me to, you want me to get into the nitty gritty of where this started or? <laughs> so, so, um, what I would love is so uh, before the show, everybody, I was asking him, like, we can go YouTube or we can go how I've gotten into these circles of incredible people. And I was like, well, which one do you kind of start with? And he told me this incredible story. And I was like, I want to start there. So I loved when you started with how you started on YouTube with the world of with the uh, with the gaming and that and how that evolved. Can we go there? Yeah. So let me, let me, I'm going to speed through a section because um, just to give some context. So back in, uh, back in 2012, 2013, I ran a gaming channel called um, uh, Chaos Esports Productions. I had a, a, a obvi <laughs> obviously, if you can tell from my voice, I have a little bit of an announcer type voice. Uh, and I was really big into the StarCraft scene. And as a function of that, uh, I really loved the strategy behind it and just started creating content around it. Uh, I really liked the idea of like, oh, I could be like an announcer for a video game. That'd be kind of interesting. Uh, grew a channel from basically uh, hardly anything to a little bit over a couple thousand subscribers. Um, and in that process, uh, I had random people reach out to me and uh, I ended up casting a, uh, it was a $10,000 price. I got paid $500 to cast during Korean prime time, the top 16 in the world. So eight Koreans, four US, four EU uh, teams, a round robin tournament. Uh, me and a guy from Boston, uh, 
podcast. It was it was like the first time where I ever like got paid to talk about a video game and talk about something that I love where I was like, oh, so this is what life could look like. And it was it was really yeah. interesting because um, I was probably two or three months into uh, my career at GE uh, when I came to the realization, like, you know, it's like you'd get up at 6, 7 a.m., uh, go into your morning meetings, you'd go through the day, you get to five or six o'clock, you go home, you know, it's the you, you get to the point where you're just like, is this really all life's about? Like, you get up, yeah. you do this thing, you go home, you chill out, you rinse and repeat. And uh, that's when I really started to dabble into the, the internet world. And that is ultimately what drove me uh, from kind of that world to doing Amazon FBA for a period of time, and then ultimately getting into consulting. Um, and that whole journey, that whole journey is kind of, I, I think everybody's got to go through a little bit of trials and tribulations in their business world journey, where you just got to play around in a couple of different areas in order to ultimately figure out what it is that you're meant to do. But yep. um, it really all, everything really changed for me in 2019, where I kind of took a step back and said, okay, out of all the things that I'm doing in my business, what is the one thing that I really enjoy? And that was, I really love sitting down with people, explaining things and helping people execute on uh, different strategies to like actually get a result. Uh, which is why consulting came into. So I actually, um, on this white, uh, the whiteboard off to my left here, I actually have um, my original thesis was, okay, I'm going to write five companies who I know are doing stuff online, who, you know, could potentially uh, need help in this world of marketing. And it was pretty vague at the time of marketing. Um, and I'm just going to reach out and say, hey, I would love to find a way to help you move the needle and get your business moving in the right direction. Um, and that led to uh, a deep relationship with a guy by the name of Derek Van Ness. Uh, he runs uh, an insurance company. He, he does all sorts of different things now. But at the time, the primary focus was uh, insurance. And I actually discovered him as a function of going through a bunch of programs by Wealth Factory, Garrett Gunderson's company. And as a function of having conversations with him, um, I had stumbled upon Garrett's YouTube channel and some of his social media stuff. And I just, uh, you know, obviously him and I had, had engaged, we were having weekly conversations and I just threw out there like, Hey, I see this guy, Garrett. I've been following him for a couple of years now. I, I'd love to just have a conversation. Cause I think that there are some opportunities, you know, it's like when I see a YouTube channel of publishing content three times a week, with 57 subscribers, he's been doing it for the last three months. It's like, I'm sitting here scratching my head. Like this dude runs a pretty big company and like has a really good message to, you know, bring to the world. I'd love to just jump on a call and just give him some thoughts. So from there, I uh, sent an email and got an intro. And then that led to ultimately a phone call. Uh, I was on my lunch break. I remember specifically the uh, parking lot, uh, parking spot that I was sitting in when I jumped on this call and I get on the call and he's like, hey, this is Garrett. Super excited to have this conversation. Uh, let me patch you in. I've got my marketing team on the other line. And I'm sitting there like, oh, boy, what did I just get myself into? So I get patched in. Conversation lasted three minutes. I, they specifically like, hey, give us, give us your thoughts. Let us know uh, what kind of suggestions you have. And, and I'm sitting here like, so I'm rattling through things. Like I had some notes of like bullet points of things to talk about. And finally, finally, the the marketing guy stops. And he's like, hey, we're having a hard time hearing you. Could you put these in an email and shoot us an email and we'll get back to you? And I was just like, oh, boy. So I put together yep. just two slides, simple bullets. Here, here's here's what needs to here's what needs to happen. Uh, and ultimately, send, send it over probably within the week. And then uh, the next week, I got a phone call from the guy who managed Garrett's all of Garrett's stuff. And we were going back and forth and he's like, we'd love to test you out. Uh, we're not going to, we're not going to pay you. It's just and like at the time I like didn't necessarily look at it as a got to get paid up front kind of deal. It was more of a, I'm just here to yeah. add value. Um, yep. And we kind of went back and forth. And I, I finally said, I was like, Hey, I think the, the place where I can add the most value specifically is on the YouTube side. If I get access to the YouTube channel, I can tweak some things around. At this point, like the things that I was seeing was his channel didn't show up until page three on search for his name. You know, little things of like, okay, there's no description in half of his videos. Uh, the titles are kind of garbage. 
there's no thumbnails. Like, what are we doing here? Um, so I got in, I was able to make some tweaks, uh, just as a function of the handful of tweaks that I made, he was now ranking number one on page one for his channel. And he started to get some traction. He went from 57 subscribers to a little bit over a hundred in that first month. And then, so they, they kind of had me continue on second month went from 108 to 200 and some. And then month three, because I had been a part of Garrett's world and had been paying attention to him, um, he was actually doing a presentation for a group uh, where they just basically had a two-hour live session where he was just going to be talking, answering questions, that kind of thing. And uh, I was sitting on the live stream, and we were about 15 minutes in, and I was like, huh, I wonder, I wonder how many people are actually sitting on, an, uh, on this live. And ironically, like the way that the live was set up was like kind of janky. You showed up to a landing page, you had a YouTube embedded video, and then a Facebook comment section below it. And I'm sitting here like, okay, I'm just going to go watch this on YouTube. So when I was on YouTube, though, it, it shows you the number of people that were uh, live. And there were 1,400 people. And I'm sitting here like, 1,400 people? That's like 6x his current subscriber base. I, I wonder what would happen if I just like put it in the comment section of like, hey, I just found Garrett's channel. Like, everybody should go and subscribe if you're getting value from this. And sure enough, I, I throw it in the chat and a couple more minutes go by. And, and then all of a sudden, the host of the live stream starts reading off the comments. And sure enough, my comment comes across and he reads it off. I'm like, ooh, this has potential. So I pulled up, pulled up his analytics on the right hand uh, on like a second monitor. I waited a couple minutes and hit the refresh button. It's like he went from 200 to 400. Okay, we got some traction. And, and sure enough, um, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but obviously with any live stream, most people, you know, push out replays and that kind of thing. And over the course of a week, he went from a couple hundred subscribers to over a thousand. And the following week after he passed the thousand mark, uh, I get a random text from a number that's not in my phone. And I'm like, I wonder who this is. And it was kind of like, uh, hey, you know, really, really love working with you. See how much progress you, uh, ha has been made on the channel. Uh, and it was kind of the obligatory, like, hey, what do you charge for this? Like, we, we'd like to hire you. And it's like, at that point, I, you know, I'm, I'm just a dude who works at GE who just helped a guy grow his YouTube channel. And I like, I don't have a business model around this. Like, you know, it's like, I think everybody's got to go through the fire and the flames of figuring out like, what's the model actually look like? Because, you know, at the time, yeah. at, at the time, it's like, you know, a couple hundred bucks extra a month is great. But after after having some conversations with folks, I'm like, I'm thinking way too small with this. Yeah. And and finally, like, I, 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 I had made a bet actually a couple months prior uh, with the hopes of potentially meeting him in person where uh, the brother-in-law was actually in Utah or in Salt Lake City and he was going to be shooting some content for his channel. And I, out of, you know, just kind of the, I, I, I basically was like, hey, I'm happy to buy a plane ticket, go out, help you with the recordings of this content. So that way we can get out your channel and, and get your channel moving in the right direction. And as a function of that, I actually got to meet the guy who records all of Garrett's stuff. So I had built that relationship with him just as a function of taking the leap of going out there, taking some vacation time away from work to see what I could make of it. And as a function of that, I was able to call him up. We, we talked through things of like how I should be thinking about the pricing and that kind of thing. So I like was able to kind of use some of the relationships that I had built just as a function of how everything panned out. Uh, and that's basically what was my foyer of getting into the YouTube consulting world. Okay. I'm going to unpack some of that for everybody listening, because there were so many important points um, that came up. So number one, uh, when you reference, like I was thinking too small, I want to frame that for everybody listening to the incredible amount of pre-value that you add and create before even considering rendering your services. Another thing, and this thing is the thing that I noticed about you the most and what stands out to me the most is you understand that the more you invest in your client and understanding their world and consuming the world and the audience in the world, it gives you a leg up on everybody and it creates these 
massive wins, right? Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is it's not this uh, one size fits all approach. It's like, hey, I can help with these things, but I need to know in your world how those things represent. Yeah. And I love that. And then also, <laughs> when you're like, you're going to have to try a few things 1000%, and then your ability to build it as you go, knowing that when you lead with value, that the relationship will be there. And then that creates this very integrous relationship of like, I can continue doing this. Yeah. What's the exchange of value? So I feel like you just made like, you just gave like six keynotes in that one story. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I think a lot of people don't realize that at the end of the day, we're all just trying to help each other win. You know, and, and I think, uh, so many people, especially, especially in the like make money online space, everybody's trying to figure out like how they can extract. And at, at least for me, it wasn't until I took a step back and really just asked the question of like, what can I do that's actually going to add value and play around with that idea and not necessarily worried about you know, at the time when you're when you've already got like the full time job, you know, what most people would probably consider a, a relative dream, dream job. I was what, two, three years uh, at a school. I was working for uh, G Aviation at the time as an engineer, like most people like that's good enough. And for me, it was like, cool, that that's that's great. But I know that there's this other world of uh, that I can get into that's going to give me a lot more leverage. And as a function of that, I'm willing to just put in the work up front and not ask for anything. Because as soon as I start to ask, that's usually when, uh, you know, as soon as you start to pull chips off the table, uh, you kind of have kind of like this barrier of like what you think you're worth, when in reality, you could be worth so much more. Yeah. How do you, how do you balance that now? Right? Because like I watch you operate and you operate like this wholeheartedly all the time. And you also are an incredible high level in business and in who you work with and how you work with that. So how's your relationship with that? Like now compared to like when you started? So it, it definitely has evolved over time where, um, now, given like who I work with and, you know, uh, for, for those who don't know, Evan Carmichael is my business partner, um, as a function of having that key relationship, um, I get to walk into a room and already have a lot of credibility established. So, yep. I mean, most of the, most of the people that I talk with, like the first two, three calls is just, Hey, I'm here to learn about you, give you value where I can. And Ultimately, like most people that I get, get or start to wrap up a phone call with, usually I'll, I'll inevitably I'll get the question of like, okay, what does it look like if we want to work with you? And it's not necessarily like my my greatest uh, appreciation now compared to like the olden days is that I don't have to sell anything because I'm yeah. like at the end of the day I'm just here to add value, and if you want to do the ongoing like work together, like here, here's what it looks like. And as a function of that, it's just, I mean, I can't tell you the number of people that I've just gotten on, you know, I have a couple people where it's like once a quarter, we just jump on a call and it's like, Hey, what's going on? Like, will they ever become like full, full fledged clients? Who knows? But to me, I don't care because mm -hmm. I'm at a point where, um, for the clients that I am working with and crushing it with like, that's good enough for me. I'm just here to serve and add value. And if it turns into something down the line, like, great. Yeah, I I absolutely love that, man. And have you ever read the book, The Go-Giver? You have, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it wasn't, it wasn't until last year, toward the end of the year, it was a recommendation. It was funny because it was like, huh, I kind of like already operate this way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's just, it's just so fascinating. Uh, I think um, it, a lot of like Jim Rohn stuff is really what like formed my thesis on life. And yeah, uh, it, you know, it's, it's so funny when you like go through uh, at least in the personal development world, like who learned from who and all the, all the topics are kind of like all the same, but it, at the same time, it's also like, there's just so many 
there there are just a handful of like key principles that once you once you yeah. understand them, it's like, oh, this 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 makes total sense of why this operates this way. Yeah, and then the deeper you get into the personal development world, the deeper you find the lineage, and then you always end up at like the same three or four places or people. Yep. And you're like, okay, I'm just gonna go there now. I'm just gonna I'm gonna dive right in into go to the there source. now, right? And then did you like how did you just curiously like how did you stumble into like personal development? Was this like an early on thing? Was there like catalyst in your life? Uh, so so honestly, like back when I was doing the StarCraft stuff, like that was um that was my foyer into like what an online business looked like. Um. Got it. And then I, one of my roles at GE, I was working with a guy who was a part, uh, you know, I, MLMs have uh, a a lot of uh, shade on them, but I think, I I think that there are aspects of MLMs that can be a catalyst for a person. So I I joined ACN for a period of time. Uh, Can't say that I took it terribly far, uh, but... That was what really got me into the into the personal development. You know, it's like the what uh, John Maxwell's fifteen laws of growth. Um, yep. Like those, me joining that the the person who uh, like had you know had me come to the presentation, do all the stuff. He's the one who gave me that book, and after reading that book, it was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And then. You know, you go down the rabbit hole in in YouTube land and you get on all the Jim Rohn videos and the Tony Robbins stuff. And like you start to go down the rabbit hole and you're like, oh, this this like journey needs to be a part like this aspect of the journey needs to always kind of be in the background. And that that for me, that was the that was the big catalyst. But I I quickly came to the realization that uh, for me, the whole MLM business model wasn't my business model. Like it, it like it wasn't going to work yeah. for me specifically. Um, and that's when I started to explore other online avenues, consulting, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I actually, I love the point that you made because I think it, a lot of people uh, like one of my buddies, Ray Higdon, yeah. like he teaches network marketing yep. and he's incredible and how he teaches it and how they operate. Like it, it fills my bucket. Right. And, but I, I also like what's funny is like uh, Brad Weimart, who owns Easy Pay Direct, and Hal Elrod started in Cutco together. Yeah. And I started by doing like direct response marketing with upsells and downsells. Yeah. And over time, as I learned, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel good anymore. But I learned so much. Yeah. And it's literally the only difference is like it took me so much pain to realize that the personal development part was a, the core foundational part of the thing because I just kept trying to go to the business route. And then once I got that, yeah. and then I was like, oh, that's all that's really there. And so it's it's very validating. And it actually leads me to a question because another thing that I noticed and I think is so powerful in your ability to have the success that, that you've had is alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I look at like all the people that you do business with, but also all the people that you like add value to, uh, everybody just feels so aligned. Like it's like this aura around you. Yeah. Is that something that like you intentionally do? Like, how has that come to be? Yeah, I mean, at least for me, it's it's funny. Um, whenever a client hires me on, I'll usually know within a month or two whether or not they're going to be a longer term client or a shorter term client. And yep. I've I've actually, at least in the last year or so, I've actually done some paring down of like, there were a handful of people that, you know, it's like we were, ha- we were having good conversations, but where they felt like they were going and where I was going were two very different places and as a function parted ways. And I, I think, uh, you know, obviously, if you had asked me 18, 20 mo- 18, 24 months ago, whether I would ever get to the point where I was doing that, I would have been like, what? probably not. But yep. like, thankfully, over time, I think as you start to hone your skills and refine how you operate, um, you start to see like who are the people you really, who you really want to win, and you go all in on with them and say, okay, cool. All of these, all of these other people who you're not as aligned with, you just you just say, hey, I, I don't think we're the right fit anymore, and and yeah, like it doesn't have to be like a very strict cutting ways. It it more is around the um, 
trying to trying to find a solution for them that is going to basically pull you out of the the scenario. I've had I mean, you know, I've had a couple of clients where I've passed them off. You know, there are yep. other there are other people that I work with um, in my area who have different slightly different ex- sets of expertise that I thought was a better fit and it's like, "Hey, let me let me still help you find the solution that you're looking for." A thousand percent. A thousand. Well, and I think too, just to to call back to the go-giver, numero uno, when you operate underneath those principles, when you are out of alignment or you realize that there's such a solid foundation that there's no like trauma, there's nothing like crazy. But then the other thing that you said is so important. And I've said this on many podcasts. It's not always, it's, it's never to have the answer. Yeah. It's to be able to help them find it. Like you don't want to be the answer, like, but you can have the resource. You can make the recommendation. And I want to say, because I think this is really, really important. Like you said this, but you know, if you're transitioning out or you realize that you're not in it or you're out of alignment and there's going to be a hole created, you help fill that hole or bring awareness to that hole or create a solution to that hole. And and for me, it's like leaving the room better than when you found it. Yeah especially like if I'm the one that's out of alignment, like I want to see it through the finish line. So I, I, I just, I keep repeating this for everybody listening because you do this so naturally, so naturally. And it's, it's so powerful. And it, and it's like what I think business should be done as, but unfortunately, like I still have to remind myself of this and to practice this and to come back into alignment with this. And and it's the other thing that I realized too, and I don't know if, if you've seen that, I, I definitely used to operate and I was in that space of like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to fire a client. Like, and I remember like the first two times and like, I still have reactions to my body because the amount of money that was associated to it. Right. And yeah. <laughs> I feel it right now, but now I also got to a point that I also recognized that even if I'm in a low situation, I have to protect that more than ever now in order to create something positive. And that's the muscle that I work on the most, I think. Yeah. I don't know, man. You're you're just like you're just loaded with wisdom that I want to like extract out. Like I'm pu- I'm trying to pull the nuggets out for me to repeat them so I have them in my memory because it's so good. <laughs> oh. Do you want to talk about YouTube? Oh, we can, we can totally talk about YouTube. <laughs> I would I would love to talk about YouTube because I I think I've we've established your credibility as an incredible human being and also massively knowledgeable. But I I will tell you that um, there's very few people that put content out that like get my attention that I just get obsessed with learning by and like every time you send something that somebody introduced you to with like a breakdown or like you're I'm like consuming it and consuming it. And so I don't even know where to begin with this one. I'm just going to let you begin. So first off, um, one thing that I did do because uh, I'm sure that we don't have enough time to like go through the whole like here's all of the all of the rabbit holes with YouTube. Um, I I'm did, so glad you're saying I did. Uh, I did create um, I basically took the presentation that I gave at Vanessa Lau's event oh, wow. and yes. i turned it into kind of like a master class and if anybody shoots me a dm with the word youtube it'll automatically send you a link to like no opt-in just like it'll take you straight to the youtube video so done and we'll put a link in the show notes and instructions in the show yeah. notes to your instagram so you can dm and then what is your instagram for uh, it's just listening? at hitchcock.drew at hitchcock.drew spelt hitchcock.drew yeah like like alfred and then D R E W. Yep. I don't know if there's another way. Uh, yeah. I have. Oh, I've seen a D R U. Oh, okay. Uh, on a, he's a he's a videographer for Rich Froning. He's he runs his YouTube channel. Ah, okay, gotcha. Ah, how look at that. That's a funny little callback right there. <laughs> and and just just for everybody, I'm gonna hype this up for a minute. Uh, I got to watch this presentation. <laughs> this is the one that made me fall in love with him and be like, I know nothing. I have nothing to say about YouTube. I'm always going to default to this man. So I highly recommend you DM him YouTube and we'll put it in the show notes. Team, please put it in the show notes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, I guess the the big thing, I kind of want, want to start with like why YouTube? Out of, out of all the platforms that are out there. like I was just going to ask you. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a lot of people, first off, YouTube is the only platform that has truly gone through like several life cycles. 
So from a from a uh, time tested uh, perspective, like there isn't any platform that quite can replicate the success that YouTube has had. The other piece is, is YouTube is the only platform where you can come to me and say, hey, how do I get this platform to pay for the entirety of my content creation team? Yeah. Like, I, I can't tell you the number of like very high level individuals that that was the reason they wanted to come to me. They they specifically were yep. like, okay, we've got this thing. It's it's working. It's not working on a full cylinders. How do we get this thing to make? Uh, I've got one team who wanted their channel to get to, you know, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars a month. I had another ch- team come and tell me, hey, I want to get to 50 grand a month. Like, it's all doable. It's just the strategy and how you implement it is slightly different depending on where you're at in the journey. Um, and it takes time. Uh, like YouTube is not a get, get big, fast platform. Like if you want to make Mr. B style videos and blow up, sure, go ahead. But that's not the space that I live in. I live in what is known as thought leadership, which is the education side of YouTube. And what people don't realize is the education side of YouTube is by far one of the most lucrative and one of the, how do I get my thousand true fans? Like that is the fastest way to do it. And the reason for that is because people are willing to sit down with a notebook and watch your stuff. Like I I cannot tell you the number of videos where I go in and look at the retention analytics. Uh, You know, it's like, I've got some clients who is who are making three, four-hour-long pieces where the average view retention is 50 to an hour and a half. 50 minutes to an hour and a half. Wow. And we're talking about videos with, like, hundreds of thousands of views. That's how I consume content. And, like, most people, they're like, oh, how do I make the short content, the short-form stuff? And, like... There's nothing wrong from an exposure standpoint when it comes to that. But as far as building out the fan base and really helping somebody get into your world, the longer format is where it's at. And Mm. most people don't do it well. So it really just boils down to how do I structure my content in a way to where I can get myself to those longer formats? Like one, one big strategy that a lot of my uh, clients implement is the mashup strategy. It's like, how do I take, you know, it's like most people when, when I tell them, Hey, make our three hour long pieces of content, they're like, Holy crap. Like, like how the heck do I do that? And I'm like, okay, if you have the attention span to sit down and do it, great. But if not, here's the strategy. You go and you make content around specific pillars. And you release them as individual pieces, 10, 12, 15 minute pieces. Then once you've got 10, 15, 20 of those, you take bits and pieces from each and you smash them together and you release a mashup. And that is how you get that ultra long content and what you'll find is, is like, uh, there, there's a couple interesting pieces by approaching it that way. One, you actually get to see how well each individual piece performed. So what you do is you go and find the best out of the clips that for that category that you're looking at. You find the best one. That's your first clip. And that is going to then skew you to having a longer retention on the longer form piece. piece. So you create the data for yourself to then be able to take that data and put it into this longer form piece. And by creating that longer form piece, you're actually, generally speaking, uh, your average view duration is going to be two to three times what it normally is because it's so long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, people ask me of, you know, is a seven minute video better than a 15 minute video because it's short, sweet and to the point versus Uh, long and drawn out. And it's like, well, in YouTube's eyes, what's their goal? Their goal is they want people to show up on their platform and stay as long as they possibly can. So you have two goals, keeping people there longer and getting people from one video to the next. If you can do those two things, you can win the game of YouTube. So the, the reason we tend to skew longer is because if I have a seven minute video and a 15 minute video and the average view duration of the seven minute video is only 
and the 15-minute videos, only 40%, which one got more watch time? The second one. So because longer tends to accumulate more watch time. Now, obviously, there are other factors as far as like click-through rate and getting people into the video. There are those type of factors to like consider. But in YouTube's eyes, they tend to skew toward longer videos being the ones that they suggest the most simply as a function of watch time accumulation. So what it, yeah, and I want to break this down because this is incredible, but what it sounds like, and and even with like the click through rate, foundationally, that baseline is required for that to even become something to focus on, right? Because you need somewhere for them to watch that long form content before you can get into getting more people to click into it. So absolutely huge. The one question I have, because I just want to clarify, when you were talking about the pillars, love that. We talk about that on the podcast a ton. Um, And then when you record them into, you know, let's say you end up with 40 10 minute videos, right? 10 in each pillar. When you say picking the best clips, you mean looking at which one of those perform the best and then taking that part and those parts and putting that at the front of the mashup. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, basically you're trying, you're trying to give, uh, you're trying to create a video which is going to have a disproportionately higher average view duration. So you want to yep. focus on, so if you're going to utilize the data that's already been created from all the videos that you've already released, you're going to pick whichever one has the highest uh, average view duration, that's going to be the first one that you pull. So that way, when you release that video, you have the highest likelihood that that's going to skew to higher view durations. Got it. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask too, like, what is the the data, right? So you said average view duration is being one. Is there any other one that you would be looking at? So, so as far as like how well the video performed, the two key things that I pay attention to are average view duration. And then you're, you're obviously looking for, uh, depending on the length, um, that is going to dictate like, what is a good average view duration? You know, as you go longer and longer, your average view duration is going to, your percentage is going to decrease, but your total minutes should increase. If, if you're not seeing that where like, if you, uh, if you go under the content tab of your analytics, uh, mm-hmm. and, and select videos, the very last option shows you the average view duration for your entire channel. With a mashup, your goal is, is how do I get two to three times my average view duration on that mashup? Because that is ultimately what's going to push it into suggested more heavily. Got it. So not Got to it. say that like shorter videos can't get into suggested. It's just in my experience, the shorter videos are going to take a considerable amount of time to get into the recommendation feature. And as a function of that, you know, it's like if you release a video today and it doesn't blow up for a year, you know, like it's just time is is the is the de facto uh, feature that ultimately is going to dictate whether YouTube is going to push it or not. So if I can front load yeah. uh, the watch time, and have it accumulate more watch time in a shorter period of time, YouTube is going to be more likely to throw that into suggested quicker. Yeah. And I also think it's another valid point as to why YouTube, because YouTube is forever and this happens all the time. It's happened to us so many times. We're like a video from four years ago, all of a sudden gets a hundred comments and I'm like, whoa, what, huh? Yeah. (laughs) What happened? And I'm like, uh, I can't change anything. Just keep going, yep, right? Like that's much. a part of it. It's another. It's another why that exists. So I I love that. One of the one of the things you said is um, when you were talking about long form content, you're like, who does it right? So who are like for these mashups or long form content? What are some YouTube channels or people, your clients that people can go look at just so they can like visually see? Well, I mean, so uh, obviously Evan Evan's channel kind of like. Uh, is the hallmark of of the mashup pretty much all of his Evan profi- Carmichael yeah Evan Carmichael all of his profiles are basically uh, essentially a version of a mashup uh, I would say his mashups are probably a little bit more refined uh, from a because that's like his core style that's uh, yep. he, he's got a le- little bit more editing firepower like the, the other the other piece about mashups that like most people don't realize is like from an editing perspective they don't need to be fancy. Like you literally can just chop the core pieces out of each video, smash them all together, add an end card in it, and away you go. Like you don't have yep. to get super fancy. Um, other people who uh, have, I mean, 
you're going to see it a lot in the thought leadership space. So like your Lewis House, your Tom Bilyeu, your Lisa Bilyeu, your Evans, uh, your Mel Robbins, your uh, I think Marie Forleo used to do them back in the day. Um, yep. But I mean, it's like if you go look at anybody who's big in thought leadership, you'll see those style generally look for videos that are on like skewed to the absurdly long uh, range. So anything that's like greater than two hours is probably most likely a mashup. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. So we got why YouTube. Uh, my, my question, and this is a loaded question. Should people be on YouTube? Uh, well, if your goal is to build an audience and build relationships with people, why not? <laughs> like, perfect. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's the only algorithm where you can publish a video today and still get views on it 10 years from now. Yep. Yep. You know, it's like, it, it's so, it's so funny. Cause like when you see uh, other people playing the game, like Gary, Gary is really interesting because he actually doesn't look at it from the, uh, from the perspective of like, how do I get views? He looks at it purely from the legacy play of like, yep. Hey, when I pass away, my kids are going to have this like massive library of all my thoughts and all my opinions and how they developed over larger time. than any other human, <laughs> larger than any other human on the planet. Yeah. So it's, it's just yep. like, um, I don't know. Cause his goal, cause Gary's goal is saturation. Yeah. That's Gary's goal. Gary's goal is just straight saturation. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like at the end of the day, YouTube is great because one, it's the only platform where you can publish something and it basically stick around forever. And two, it's the only platform where you can publish something and YouTube is going to do a freaking good job of finding the right people to find your stuff. Yes. So if you, ha if you have a message, if you have a movement, if you have something that you're, you're trying to get out to the world, the people who you want in your camp are going to be like the LTV on a customer that comes from YouTube versus any other platform is like stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you've seen all that data. I mean, it's it's literally like a three, four, five x difference. Yeah, and and like, you know, there are a lot of people who are like so fascinated with like, how do I get all the views? And it's like getting the view, like depending on what your business model is, like not many people actually want to play the influencer game and have hundreds of millions of followers, like like your goal should be finding the right people, not anybody. You know, it's like mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, especially people who are like just starting their channels or just getting, getting things rolling. Like they come in with the anticipation of like, how do I get as big as fast? And it's like, well, yep. if you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars that you just want to spend in ads, you can, you can go that route if you really want the clout. But at the end of the day, it's not going to produce the result that you're looking for, which is you want your business to run. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, 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 I literally will just say for everybody listening, like say it for the people in the back, right? Like, and and here's the thing, I'll even say it. When I started as a food blogger in 2010, one of the only ways that we could monetize was with attention because like most of the other stuff didn't exist. We didn't know. We didn't have paid media. Mm -hmm. We just had social media coming out. So it was literally always about impressions and impressions and like, websites would have you sign the rights of your impressions over so they could include them in their calm score agreement yep. to say they had 330 billion impressions and then take money that you never saw right like so i i say now though and with drew saying this i need to validate this that the tide started to shift this way you know five six years ago but covid sped up the process mm -hmm. because people's filters of bullshit got tested beyond belief and now they want depth. And so to what Drew said about lifetime value, which LTV is lifetime value, we've seen this across the board. It's And it's because the level of endowment and investment that somebody has beyond their pain point, beyond just the product or just the service, because they're consuming the relationship with the human, they have the connection, they have the time, they have the pieces, and they had the patience and you did to allow them to come on their own journey. So when they're in, they're in, in, and they don't leave. Yeah. And we still have incredible people that listen to this podcast who I love. Tammy Winters, I will call you out. 
who literally found me as a food blogger in like 2011, I think, or 2012. And she's a chef and still consumes our content is in our Facebook group and is incredible because of those connections and those things. And so I, I just, as Drew says this, I cannot solidify this enough that like, this is the most important thing you can understand when it comes to community and relationships especially with YouTube as a tool, like he's speaking. So I had to give that rant, Drew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the other thing too is, is like you, most people uh, really have a hard time figuring out like, what are what am I going to send out with my newsletter and how do I keep that system going? And YouTube mm-hmm. creates a really interesting uh, dynamic, especially to people who have larger email lists where YouTube gives you the ability to not only nurture the relationship of the people on your email list, but it gives you the ability to monetize without having to ask for it. Yep. And it's so fascinating to me that like, don't people don't realize that, you know, I've got, I've got a couple clients who three, four or 500,000 people on their email list. I actually, I had one, I had one client, uh, they have 800,000 and what they were doing is, is they were sending people rather than sending people to like a video on YouTube, they were sending people to a landing page, which had yep. the video embedded, but it was below whatever their call to action was. Yeah. I asked the question. I was like, Hey, how many people are doing this call to action thing at the top of your, at the top of your page? And, uh, I, I came back, they actually didn't have any of the tracking set up. So I'm like, okay, can we, can <laughs> we, can we do a test for me? Rather than sending people to this silly landing page where you're probably not getting any leads to the thing that you want them to go to, just send them to YouTube and 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 add this little piece of code, which if you watch the little video uh, that uh, is in the DM thing, um, I'll explain yep. what this is and how it works. But uh, I, I was like, do it for a week. Send out, you're just going to send them a link to the YouTube video. You're going to add this little code to the back end. And, and let's just see, let's just see what the difference is and their revenue five X on those days, just rather than sending them to this landing page, they, so they went from, I think, I think their channel at the time was doing just a couple, couple grand a month. So I was like, okay, so if I do the math correctly, this one change took you from a couple grand a month on based on my estimation between seven and nine K. And all we did was change one thing. Mm-hmm. Like your publishing schedule stayed exactly the same. Your the what you're releasing stayed the same. All you're doing is rather than sending the traffic to this landing page where you're trying to get them to do something that isn't productive, we're going to send them here. They're actually going to consume your thing and then guess what? All those people that consumed your thing, YouTube's now going to be like, "Huh. They're sending a lot of traffic here. I I should show this to more people. I now know what this person looks like." And wouldn't you know it, their impressions went up by 100% in a matter of a month. And it's like, huh, that's really interesting. And, and what's great about it is they are adding value to their people. They now, the call to action is now just in the description, like not that big of a deal. And yep. guess what? They're getting more leads into the thing that they yep. wanted. But rather, yep. than, rather than pushing that forward, it's a, hey, I'm just here to add value. Here's this video. And oh, by the yep. way, they got paid more. <laughs> yep. And and I'm I'm telling you for everybody listening, like I drew fits perfectly into our world because every ounce of customer journey and literally like the number one piece that I build in the companies is utilizing YouTube for those same reasons. And it really is the most valuable way. It's the best way to build a customer journey. Yeah. It's really empowering them to take the step and leading with the value of like, hey, you consume this and you see if this is a right fit versus, hey, you click this call to action that I'm masking a video over, yeah. which allows them to take the journey. You get all the baked in benefits and what what you got to see and they got to see so quickly is because they had such a massive volume. They got to learn the lesson instantly. Yep. But irregardless, when you still can't see it, like Drew said, patience is the secret because it will continue to work and it will continue to get better. And it's really, really important to understand. And then the like last baked in benefit is YouTube is one of those platforms that has done its very good job and diligence with ads that like 
everybody associates the ads on YouTube with YouTube and not the ad creators and not the channel creator. Yeah. And it's the only platform that you will get a pass because when you let them monetize their videos, they are showing ads to people that they are used to seeing from YouTube based on their stuff. And you're not getting in trouble. And if they pay for YouTube premium, they're not seeing it anyways. Yep. And it doesn't matter. So they're not going to complain. So like there is no way to lose. Like yeah. none. Any of the normal places where you could do this on Facebook, no, you're going to lose. On YouTube, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube, YouTube Premium yeah. is like the biggest hack for my job. Uh, as soon as I, as, yeah. like, it took me, I don't know, a year to like finally bite the bullet. And I was like, I just saved like an hour a month. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To, totally. It, I forget. I forget there's you, you there's ads on YouTube yep. and then I travel and I like log into somebody's smart TV and I hit YouTube and then I'm like, what is this? And then I have to log into mine and I'm like triggered. Yeah, yeah for sure. I love it. I love it. What are there? Um, are there any like other like common mistakes and things that you see people make with YouTube? Like you've, you've mentioned today a few of like focusing on some of the wrong things. Yeah. But are there anything that like you really genuinely see that people either focus too much on or something they should focus more on i mean i can give you some of the so for for anybody who has podcasts specifically um there are very yep. there, there are a handful of like really common mistakes of like one nobody on youtube cares about the episode number like and and if it's like the first thing like episode number then title it's like nobody cares like you gotta nobody hook cares. me so you can totally like most people uh, who want to have an episode number usually will put it in the description as opposed to into the title. So definitely make sure that you're um, doing that. And then the other thing that I see very commonly is like the text on your thumbnail is like the same text as your title. And like, you got to think of your thumbnail and title as kind of like, uh, you know, um, headline subheadline. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it really is about like, how do I, grab somebody's attention with the with the flashy thumbnail and get them to want to read the title and then the title is ultimately what sells the click um really yep. focusing in on those two things are are like very key and and honestly go and go and look around in the area of your expertise of what other people are doing from a thumbnail title perspective um yep. one one little hack that you can do just to get the ball rolling, if you're ever having uh, trouble figuring out like what kind of content to go make, go find ten creators who make similar type content. Go into their go into their channel, click on the videos tab, and then click on most popular. And you're specifically looking for videos where the number of views is greater than the number of subscribers that they have, and use mm. those titles as kind of, like don't watch the videos, just use those titles as the. Uh, as the basis for a video that you can create. Yes. Because what that data, as far as the number of views relative to the number of subscriber, subscribers that they have is telling you is YouTube was willing to expose this video to usually somewhere in the ballpark of 10 to 20 times what a normal video, like what, so if you take the number of views times it by 10 or 20, that is roughly the number of impressions that that video got. So if you think about it, that means that there is that big of an audience around that topic. Yeah. And the one thing that you said that I need you to expand on quickly, because I know this lesson, but I don't want it to get past. You said, make your video based on the framework of the title. Do not make your video and then title it. Start with the title first. Yeah. Like you can, you can do it both ways, but at least mm -hmm. if you start with the title, you are setting yourself up for a much easier time of framing and getting things positioned pro appropriately that the video is going to ultimately perform well. Usually when you do it after the fact, you're not going to be able to position it in a way that's actually going to be compelling. So not to say that it can't be done. It's just, you got to go in with an idea of like how this thing is going to get framed because like congruency between your thumbnail title and the first 30 seconds of your video is the most crucial because yep. 
the first 30 seconds is whether or not people are actually going to stick around for that 10, 15, 20 minute piece. And if you, yeah. can't, if you can't really drive home and deliver like, hey, this is what my title promised. And that it, like if they can't get confirmation that that's what they're going to get, they're out. So yes. you've got to you've got to make sure that the framing of that is uh, appropriate. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I want to I want to summarize this for everybody because this is so, so incredibly powerful. First thing is like we've taught headlines and hooks and subject lines before. And the thing to remember and what Drew's referencing is that they all follow a framework, right? It's mm -hmm. like problem, object, desire, solution. If you're using our buddy Mo's stuff, right? There's a framework there, a before state, an after state, a shock value, a something where if you write down enough of them or screenshot enough of them and you look at them all, you can start to interchange adjectives and after states. That's what you're looking for. And you're looking for the ones that perform because mm -hmm. YouTube's telling you. And then to take what Drew said a minute ago and tie into what he just said when talking about your title has to be the like, get my attention to, to I mean, your thumbnail has to be the get my attention to then read the title. And the title has to be the thing that says, hey, you're interested in what I'm about to share with you, click. And then when you get that click, that first 30 seconds has to reinstate and be congruent to what you promised while also telling them that you're going to help them get there in a measurable way, in a measurable amount of time. And then after that, you start delivering on that value so that they stick around. That's And that's for me and my own reminder as well, because I'm sitting over here scripting things in my head and I'm like, I need to go do some title research. Because I literally made a list of like four things I want to talk about today. And I was like, oh, I got to figure, oh, nope, I got to go find this. And then I'll put them in that framework. So thank you for the reminder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then with that, and I and I do have a question about this because you, you are so incredibly versed in the thought leadership space. And it's applicable to probably most everybody listening to this. Then when you're past that point, when you're past that 30 seconds of congruency, right? Do you have like preferred story frameworks or preferred methods that you like to focus on? Or is it more so what naturally feels good? Like, how do you think about that? Um, so there, there is a framework in, um, in that masterclass video. Oh, that's right. It's in that masterclass. Yeah, I forgot so, about that. So it's perfect. It, yeah. It's Evan, uh, in, in all the videos and all the people that we've worked with, Evan and Evan and the team has kind of come up with a, what we call the thought leadership framework. Um, you know, start with a powerful opinion, you know, create concept, text, tell a story, and then give the value. Um, it goes into more, that, that video goes into more detail, but there are frameworks out there to like help kind of structure things. At least what I have found with most of the people that I'm working with, there are some people who are like, I want to script out everything and just have everything uh, ready and available. There are other people who are more than happy to shoot from the hip. It really is like, one of the things that you've got to figure out for yourself when recording content is just really understanding how you operate and what's going to make you feel comfortable so that when you get on video, you really have the ability to communicate in a way where, you know, it's like one of the, th one of the problems that I had when I was making StarCraft content is I knew when I didn't know what the heck I was talking about, I had this weird tick where I would, I would just like, I would always revert back. I'd start stuttering and it's like, okay, I need to fix this. I don't know how I'm going to fix this, but I need to fix this. And, and for me, it was the getting comfortable being uncomfortable and mm. the recognition. If I didn't know something rather than just come up with something on the top of my head, just lean into it. Like, yep. yeah, I am not a hundred percent sure what's going on here. Like, but, but, <laughs> but I'm more than happy to go and figure it out and uh go from there and obviously like a live format is going to be a lot different than a uh <laughs> yeah a, a pre-recorded format but getting comfortable you know for me i would say it was probably 50 to 75 videos before i got comfortable actually talking into a microphone and hitting the record yep. button because like the first yep. handful of times man you hit the record button you're like okay i'm supposed to say something what should i say yeah. and and it, like it, it is just something that the reps are are totally what's necessary. Uh-huh. And I will tell you now, this morning, I recorded a solo podcast. And at about five and a half minutes in, I had that moment of like, 
who am I talking to? And I was like, wait, 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 hold on. Wait, you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I even stopped in the middle of it to like acknowledge it because it, it the reps, the reps is true. And I'm the shoot from the hip guy. But then what I realized is that uh, my hip without pants around it gets a little too wide. Right. So now we figured out that like, I just need a lane. Right. I'm like, if you give me the topic and a time window, I'll fill in the rest, but without that, it's, it's game over. Um, yeah, it's, it, that's a really, really interesting. And I love that. And I'm going to, I'm going to hype this again for everybody. Uh, make sure you DM, uh, drew on Instagram, which is hitchcock.drew and the word YouTube, and you will get this masterclass directly to the video and get a notebook, get a block in your calendar and like sit there. Put on your binaural beats, whatever your megahertz music is you need to like ingrain it in, right? Like block out the world, put your favorite scent on and design this environment like it's ritualistic. Like it's like you're going to ritual. That's what you want to do when you consume this. I'm, I'm, I'm giving that glowing recommendation right now. Um, man, did we, uh, did we miss anything? Are there any burning holes? Mm, I think we, I think we got through the majority of it. I mean... I feel, I feel like you just took me to church a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. At least uh at least what I have learned in this in this world of online uh running an online business uh like for me and the, and the thing that I always continue to go back on is it's like dude, we're all just here to help other people win. And if we can continue to help p- other people win, the things that you want and the th- and, and the destination that you're looking to get to will will come to fruition. But it's really about not necessarily being over overly committed. You know, while the destination is great, uh, just being uh, empathetic and really understanding that we're all just in it together. And tr- you know, it's like. Uh, a lot, uh, one, one thing that we didn't talk about was like how I, uh, partnered with Evan. I mean, mm-hmm. th- that was, that was uh, like a year and a half journey. Mm. I mean, I, I met him as a function of working with Garrett and, uh, him and Garrett parted ways, but I started to get into Evan's world, discovered he live streamed League of Legends, sat on his live stream for four or five months just asking questions, being a part of the community that then turned into him bringing on a co-host to read the questions. Cause he was having trouble playing and reading uh, at which point I had started to queue up with him. And for a year we played league of legends five days a week for a, what some, I, th- I think it was at three hours at first and then it dropped down to two and then one. But as a function of that, that gave me the opportunity to help his co-host build out their first landing page, their business, got their coaching business to a thousand bucks a month in the first week. And then that is what ultimately had Evan say, oh, I need to figure out how to work with this guy. And Which I'm glad we didn't talk about till now because <laughs> it makes perfect sense to be told now. Yeah. But I mean, that for me, yeah. like, uh, you know, it's like, I didn't go into that with any expectation. Nope. I was just helping a friend build a website and get his business going. That's all I was doing. Yep. Didn't expect to ever get paid. Just was, I mean, it literally happened over a weekend. Like I can go yeah. back to the text. Uh, I called it, uh, I called it uh, Drew's IT hotline in in our IG and we would just like every every 5 10 minutes I'd make a couple changes I'd be like it's updated and then I'd get more feedback yeah. and we would just go back and forth and we got it done and it's, it's like it's like I I'm glowing ear to ear because like it's 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 why I love doing what I do and the reminder it's been happening a lot lately yeah. and it was like I I kind of forgot a little bit and I it's the best part I mean dude you are um you're you're a gift man I I have so much gratitude <laughs> for you, for who you are, how you operate, how you operate in business. I feel like Bob and David wrote the go-giver about you. You just didn't know they were studying you. Um, <laughs> I, I like, I don't, I don't know. I just, uh, I have so much gratitude and even, even how you rap. It's like, I don't even have to ask my question. That's YouTube advice. That's life advice. It's wisdom. It's, it's the reminder. It's, it's just incredible, man. Like I just, 
thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for yeah. sharing. Thanks for sending me books in the mail that I give out as gifts now and texting me perfectly timed every time. I appreciate it, man. Um, last question, and it's an easy one. Instagram, obviously, we want them to DM you. Anywhere else you want them to be? You still up on YouTube? You still? Uh, I mean, I, I like when they when they get the link to the YouTube video. That YouTube video is like the main channel that I've been posting to. It's been a little bit since I Perfect. posted. It's it's been a little bit since I posted there, mainly because like uh, it's it's so interesting. Like when you're when you're more of a behind the scenes guy, uh, yeah. you tend to like I I I have this juxtaposition of like uh making content versus just crushing it for the people that i work with and yep. uh sometimes i get the itch of like i gotta record something and that's where it goes but uh I, i'm in a season right now where it's very much a heads down just crush it for the people that i'm working with and uh you know it, it'll ebb and flow as it goes i love it i'm asking because people are going to want to consume more and whatever's up there is worth consuming and i'm going to give that recommendation so man i appreciate it uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for being on the show. Everybody, I will remind you again uh, to DM him on Instagram. It's Hitchcock.Drew. And then just DM him DM him the word YouTube, one word. It will magically appear in your DMs. And we will also have the note in the show notes if you are driving and cannot remember that to make it easy. But either way, the plane has landed. And the only thing I can say is go back and listen to this whole thing. And whatever Drew says, do it. I have nothing to add except yes, yes, yes. So this has been another episode. You'll either see me in the next episode or you'll hear me in your earballs. But either way, we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.